This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I can't wait to tell you about a brand new sponsor of our podcast, Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They're looking to make financial services work for everybody, not just the wealthy. This is a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the very first time with true confidence. Simple and intuitive and a clear design with data presented in a very easy to digest way. Here's what I love about Robinhood. The cost and no commission fees. Other brokerages, as an example, would charge up to 10 bucks for every single trade, but Robinhood does not charge commission fees. You can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Something else about Robinhood, which is great. Easy to understand charts and market data. You can place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. Robinhood is giving you a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up right now at jimrome.robinhood.com. That's jimrome.robinhood.com. I love this company. jimrome.robinhood.com. <laughs> Those trades, I mean, we're 16 years removed from telling that story originally. And I love that story. On, on your show. I love that story. I still have people that will come up to me and specifically go to, hey, man, I heard you on Romy back in the day. You got to tell me about the intruder. Incredible. What's going on? Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. I appreciate you checking out the original side hustle. This is F52, and my guest is Eric Burns. Now, introducing Eric Burns is not an easy thing to do because, honestly, exactly where do you start with this guy? Eric Burns is a legend. 11 years in the major leagues, 12 Ironman triathlons, an ultra marathoner, an MLB network analyst. He is the 12 hour speed golf world record holder, an author, a former UCLA All American, and simply one of the most fascinating guys on the planet. He recently completed the Let Them Play Try across America. He completed a seven-mile swim from across McCovey Cove to Oakland, a 2,344-mile bike ride from Oakland to Chicago, and an 846-mile run from Chicago to Yankee Stadium. He sat down with me. We had one of the most enjoyable conversations I have ever had on this podcast. We had an amazing rap about Pat Tillman. We talked about Tom Brady, one of the best high school baseball players that he ever saw. And Bernsey even retold the epic story that he told me 15 years ago about the intruder who broke into his UCLA apartment and had no idea what was waiting for him there. We even managed to talk a little baseball with the postseason right around the corner. This simply is one of the best pods we have ever done. Eric, dude, what the hell? I, I cannot believe how long it's been. I'm not even sure why you and I have not chopped it up sooner, but I'm so glad to finally get you back and get a chance to talk to you. Bring me up to date. What the hell, Eric? What's going on? How's your life? 
All good, man. You know, you ain't kidding. It's been a minute. So, I mean, I used to uh, obviously really enjoy our convos, but I think life gets in the way sometimes. Kids, jobs, the whole bit. But uh, definitely good to hear your voice and uh, looking forward to catching up here. My man, kids and jobs, that part I get, but some of the other stuff, not so much. Uh, You're living a much different life. Lots to get caught up on, lots to talk about, but let me start right here. You actually recently finished up a triathlon across America. It's to benefit your Let Them Play Foundation. Eric, this is amazing. You started off by swimming seven miles. You rode 2,344. You ran the last 846. Now, you've done some pretty crazy things. You've had some adventures in your time, but I would imagine nothing quite like this why did you do this, and exactly what was it like? Well, first of all, this kind of everyone caught up after I got done playing baseball, and I feel like this was one of the last times I was on with you. The, the slow pitch softball right. adventures of, of, the, of the Dutch Goose. <laughs> so good. Uh, I was I was golfing a bunch. I was uh, I was I was surfing a bunch, and I ended up doing a sprint triathlon, and somehow just kind of fell in love with the endurance world. So that led to doing Ironmans, which led to doing ultra marathons and 100-mile races. And um, a few years ago, my wife and I, we have a 7, 8, 9-year-old, but we were looking to put our kids into school. And as we were looking at the public schools in our area, we figured out that schools no longer had everyday physical education. Looking deeper into the numbers, we figured out that 97% of all public schools no longer have everyday PE. Looking into the numbers even further, 70% of kids do zero after-school youth activity programs. Obesity rates are tripled than what they were when you grew up in the 1980s. Uh, kids are spending seven hours a day. That's the average right now, seven hours a day on screens. And so looking at that for a few years now, we've been like, man, like we want to do something about it. Like this is so ridiculous. And instead of trying to fight the bureaucracy of public education, at least this was the mindset when we first started this, uh, we're like, you know what, let's do something where we start this foundation all about letting kids play and sort of for a kickoff event, um, let's do this crazy event across the country, which believe it or not, my wife (laughs) actually a lot more to do with the planning than I did. Um, I guess you could say she just kind of gets me. And so we came up with this ridiculous sort of thing. And, you know, the idea, you know, was obviously to use my baseball connections to go across the country. And we use those to basically stop at these ballparks and deliver these grants to youth activity organizations. And along the way, we delivered 21 different grants, I believe, over $50,000 um, and just to see these organizations get that money, whether it's, uh, you know, public high schools in uh, Cleveland to, to go directly to their sports programs or it was a Latino soccer team in Sacramento uh, in which they were a traveling soccer team where we gave them like a thousand bucks. And like Romy, they, they, looked, they looked at me like it was the greatest gift they ever received. They were getting new uniforms, they were getting new balls. And I think one of the things that we get caught up in and we don't really understand is that, the lower, uh, the lower you are sort of in the, in the totem pole of, of the economy and the economic structure, the worse it is for kids mm. because they don't have, like the whole travel ball thing now, is such, it's such a ridiculous thing that it costs a ton of money to play. And so all these kids, especially these underprivileged privileged kids, are getting left out. Um, and so it's a lot easier for a parent to give them a screen that's a couple hundred bucks and say, here, go, go, go have at it. And 
So it was, uh, it was, it was quite the journey. That's for sure. Good for you, Eric. You're so right. That's exactly how that goes too. It's like you don't need to hire a babysitter, give them their iPhone, give them their screen. You know, as an example, the numbers that you lay out are really pretty horrifying. If you didn't have that outlet growing up yourself, would you and I be having this conversation right now? No chance, dude. There's no, ch- there's no chance I would have ever played professional baseball. There's zero chance I would have gone to UCLA. As a matter of fact, when I was in the third grade, I actually got pulled aside and this school psychologist wanted to give me an IQ test and all my teachers thought I was all whacked. I couldn't sit still, right? I was just like, you know, most nine-year-old boys with all kinds of energy. And in the process, they gave me an IQ test, bombed it, like terrible. And, but the psychologist noticed obviously how fidgy I was. And this was at the end of the day, after school, uh, you know, I'm sure I was hungry at that point. I've been sitting in the classroom all day. And so she actually readministered the test uh, right after PE one day specifically and also right after I ate and then gave it to me. And I scored in the 98th percentile. Mm. So I went from just being this kid that basically they wanted to get rid of and, and ship off to you know, the school and I'd be with other kids with learning disabilities to scoring in the 98th percentile. And so going through that and, and even experiencing – like what I've experienced in my life and I know what the daily activity does for me. And it's not, this is totally not a physical thing. That's the ironic thing of all this. This is not a fat shaming thing. I really don't care all that much about that. I care about what the physical activity does for the mind. And when we're, when we're not giving these kids a proper physical activity, they're not firing their mind. There's now studies out, dude, that like literally you can look at the brain, like these brain scans, or they'll show a kid before exercise, and then they'll show a kid after exercise. It's just like 20 minutes of moderate activity. Um, so, you know, I, I just think it's something that, you know, again, like I said, like I didn't want to fight the you know, bureaucracy of public education. I think after going through, obviously, the triathlon across America and seeing the kids and seeing them respond and having the visits to the school that I had and talking to, you know, talking to the kids and, and, and realizing how important it is, I am now willing to fight. I don't, I, I don't care what it takes. I will literally go to all extremes. Uh, and if it means Washington, D.C., it means Washington, D.C. It's just a matter of trying to find the connections and figuring out what I have to do uh, going forward here. Dude, look, you and I can go a year, five years without talking. It doesn't matter. One thing never changes. You're never going to back down. You're never going to back down. You know, it's interesting, though, since when you and I talked, when you played Major League Baseball, a lot has changed. You know, I've got a couple of sons now, Eric. One's 17, one's 13. They've both gone through travel ball. I've got such a different sense and such a different appreciation for what it takes to make it. I mean, to play high school baseball, to play college baseball let alone to play professional baseball, and the whole process. You mentioned, I'm not sure if you mentioned your dad. I was going to ask you about your dad. The amazing thing is, when you grew up and you were playing baseball and you were grinding and you were working, your dad worked with you like a lot of dads and their sons, but your dad never played baseball before, right? Yeah, man. What was that Isn't like? That wild? Yeah, that yeah, is wild. I, I see, I, but, but that was the beauty of it because my dad was the fourth degree black belt in Kempo Karate. Uh, he was an avid tennis player, as my mom was. And so I grew up playing tennis and doing karate. But the one thing that he always let me do, but both my parents always let me do, is find my own way. And, and he was there. He figured he chucked enough ninja stars in his day to figure out how to throw batting practice. When I was 13, they got me an iron mic machine. Um, so, yeah, that was to have the support and just be there. And, and it's funny because it all kind of ties in, I think. Because I think the only thing that you can do is, is, is give a kid an opportunity, whether it's my kid or, 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 you know, 
other kids. But, you know, I just think about all the kids that aren't getting that opportunity, that don't have the, the, the chance to play the travel ball and, and whatnot. And it's like if, if we're not making sure that these kids stay active, it's like we're alienating an entire an – enti- a huge portion of the population. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I think that, you know, as a parent now – um, and I'm sure you've gone through this a little bit, but I, I am 100% making sure that all of my kids play multiple sports. This, this, this uh, idea of specializing in a sport at a young age, it, it's awful, and, it, and it's not good for the kid. It's not good for the overall athletic ability of the kid, uh, and, and ultimately what's going to happen is that they will either burn out physically or mentally, and when they burn out mentally, it's over. It's done. So, you know, I, the way I look, the best way I put it wrong, like literally, and I'm very fortunate for this, I peaked in baseball at 31 years old. That, and, and, and that's exactly when you want to peak. You sure as hell don't want to be peaking at like 16, 17 years old. It's not right. good. No, exactly right. Once again, I cannot wait to talk to you about Peloton. I love my Peloton. Long before I had a relationship with Peloton, this podcast, I bought one. I use it four to five times a week. This thing has paid for itself. It is a game changer. You can start or finish your day with a Peloton in your home. Peloton is a cutting-edge indoor cycling bike that brings live studio classes right to your home so there's no more worrying about fitting classes into busy schedules or making it to a studio with some crazy commute. There are up to 14 new classes that are added every single day and over 8,000 rides on demand. And honestly, I do both. I love a live class, but if I can't work a live one into my schedule, there's always an amazing class on demand. Bring the cycling studio to you. With Peloton's cutting-edge indoor cycling bike, there are no more excuses. Peloton is offering you a limited-time offer. You can go to OnePeloton.com, enter the code ROAM at checkout, and get $100 off accessories with your Peloton bike purchase. Once again, it is a game-changer. I absolutely love my Peloton because I can work out anytime I want at home. That's O-N-E peloton.com and use the code Rome and get started you will love yours all right eric you mentioned your father's martial arts background just play along with me because again it's been a little while since you and i spoke you used to tell well you did you told me an absolutely amazing story back in the day in the jungle and it's a good thing that you had a martial arts background you went to ucla you were at ucla in your second year you're minding your own business in fact you're napping it out middle of the night it's fine things will happen but some dude inadvertently ends up in your apartment in the middle of the night what happened next (laughs) it was crazy i mean we're we're like what 12, 15, 16 years removed from telling that story originally. And I love that story. On, on your show? I love that story. Bro, but there's a I lot of people still, listening I, that have not heard it. I still I still have people that will come up to me and, and specifically go to, hey, man, I heard you on Romy back in the day. You got to tell me about the intruder. Fucking incredible. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, so it's basically what, what happened is um, I, was, uh, I was living with three dudes that, that did not play baseball. And they all came home at like two in the morning. We're playing SC the next day. So it's called like a Friday night. And these guys all came stumbling home drunk at, at, at two in the morning. And I had stayed in and, you know, whatever, was trying to get my rest. And I wake up probably about, I don't know, let's say 3 a.m. And there's this big ass dude standing over my bed, which is like facing my desk. 
and he's rummaging through all his shit. And I'm like, whoa, like, what's going on here? And so I kind of came to it, and up the street, but maybe a week earlier, I think it was the weekend before, there was this stabbing. Like, some chick came home, and there was a dude, wait, literally, it's like out of a horror movie, like waiting in the, uh, in the bathtub with a knife. Wow. And, and attacked her. Uh. And so I think everyone was kind of on high alert at the time. So when I saw this guy, that was the first thing that went through my mind. And I basically came up with, like, okay, what can I do? I can lie here and do nothing and just hope he goes away. Uh, I could say, hey, what's going on, and kind of startle him. Or the third option was uh, do my best Bruce Lee impersonation and sort of, like, quietly curl up into a ball and throw a flying right hook. And that's exactly what I did. And still to this day, and I, I grew up scrapping a little bit. I, I guess I had to, um, playing with a bunch of older kids, and I, I wasn't lacking any confidence. So I've definitely been in my share of, of melees. I'd never hit anybody in my life this hard. It was one, it's, I, I, I equated to like the, the sweet spot of a bat where you don't feel it. So I, I just, it's just flush as could be, cheek, knuckles, boom, done. Let his, his knees crumbled, fell to the ground. I go over first thing I did, turn on the light, and I had a baseball bat. It was actually right by the door. Pick the baseball bat up. My roommate sleeping right next to me. By this time, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so he gets up, and uh, I was standing there over him, dude, and I'm just like, you know, what are you doing here? And, and he had, like, literally it was a tooth hanging, blood on the ground, and he's like, I'm here for the party, man. <laughs> Why are you hitting me? Well, I'm here for the party. Oh, and I'm like, dude, what? Party? Wow. I'm like, come on. And so I, anyway, two, my two other roommates came over. They called. Um, they called the police. LAPD eventually ended up coming in, and uh, it was right after. wasn't that long after the whole Rodney King thing, and it's I don't know, man. I mean, it it it, it, got, it got ugly. They, they they kept asking him, "You know, what's your name?" He's like, "Let's go." What's your name? Let's go. And eventually, they take him. They ended up throwing him down the cement staircase, and stopped about halfway pick him up again, boom. They put us in the room. They didn't want us to watch any of this, boom. Threw him down again, big crash into the front door, threw him in the back of the cruiser, which we were sticking up. I, I then was, like, sticking my head out of the balcony and uh, watched him haul him off. And about a month later, I guess the guy had been, been in jail the whole time. I, I had to go to, to testify, and apparently this dude wanted to press charges against me. And it was uh, it was an ugly scenario. And then the next day you know how college baseball is in la no one gives a shit right so the next day i end up getting a game when he base hit against sc and and the the story had circulated and spread about what had happened the night before and and so i think it was the next day uh in the la papers was burns ko's intruder then sc kind of <laughs> made for hollywood moment i guess dude that that is that is insane that is insane this is why to this day people will stop you and say hey man tell me that story tell me that story eric you know i went to uc santa barbara there was some wild shit in isla vista when i was there i never heard or saw anything ever quite like that i mean that's wild yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was nuts. I'll tell you what, though. I, I mean, <laughs> I spent some wild nights down in IV, and I, there, there's actually a, a buddy of mine that was just here. We ended up having to take on an entire fraternity one night. Well, dude, in IV? 
No, that, that was actually in Cal Poly, though. He was going to UC Santa Barbara at the time. And this was, you know, this gets even better because this was, this is right about like the, the come out party for Chuck Liddell, right? Okay, sure. And, and he so was up and slow. We were, well, yeah, he was a slow. So we, we, were, we were out at a bar at slow one night, and my boy is popping off. And I, you know, I've always been a really personal guy. Like, I've, again, like, I've never went out. Every time I got out, I'd say just about every single fight I've been in was because of somebody else I was with that maybe, you know, either was disrespected or didn't. Anyway. Every group has one, right? Longer. Every party has one. Every party, especially when you're young and full of testosterone, dude. Like, it's, it's just how it was. But I was, it, the whole night I was sitting in the corner of the bar, and Chuck Liddell was, ser- was serving me drinks. And... Like we became in a short period of time, just like I'm sure many other people will tell that you know Chuck Liddell became their best friend. And I have one buddy that gets a little aggressive when he has too much to drink. And <laughs> Chuck had been telling me all about. He's like, "Yeah, man, I just kind of got in this thing. It's you know UFC. It's you know it's it's, it's cage fighting. And it's just kind of taking off and getting going." And he's explaining this whole thing. And I'm like, "Yeah, man, right on." And so because of my martial arts background, I was talking to him about. I grew up doing kempo and. So we were going on and on, and next thing you know, dude, my, my, my boy starts getting out of line, and, and, and Chuck's ready to jump over, the, jump over the bar to rip his head off. And, and it's not like my, you know, my boy has ever backed down from anything, and this is a one-time, dude. I, I, it's just like simultaneously jumped in front of like, no, dude, you don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do, I can't help. Oh, man. So what happened, dude? No, that was it. Just, good, good. Classic, but but no, you know what happened actually was we ended up back in a frat house and ended up getting in some stupid ass fight anyway. How'd that go? Not good. <laughs> I still have a scar on the back of my head because of it. <laughs> Not good, Eric. Man, this is amazing. Eric, let me ask you a much more serious note. Now you knew the late Pat Tillman, and you've been a huge supporter of Pat's foundation. I'm not going to say that I knew Pat really well, but I have said this before. Uh, When I was asked, Eric, to be the keynote speaker at his memorial, that probably was the highlight of my entire career. But you did know Pat. What was Pat like? Uh, Just different. You know, I mean, he he had had something about – I mean, I I think, like, you met so many athletes in your day and so many, you know, famous people, whatever it is, like – you know, you could. It's really easy to see through people, right? And, and and you could see who's, I don't know, who's for real and who's not, right? And I I think with within like a short period of time, um, of of getting to know Pat, like just real. There, there's no other way to put it. And the the best thing I could say is that so there's a group of us, including Zach Walls, who um, ended up ironically uh, going to Dartmouth and playing, um, getting drafted by the Cardinals. And that's actually how I eventually got to know Pat. But we, we, during high school, I went to St. Francis, Pat went to Leland, and we never played each other. But we had this uh, high school football show called High School Football Sports Focus, Channel 36. And every night, we would water on Friday nights, whatever, we'd all go to like the pizza parlor and, and watch the highlights of the game and whatever. And there was one dude that we kept, we kept watching and we're like, man, it's like this mythical character, this long blonde locks coming out of his head, you know, out of his helmet. Just like, I've never seen anyone like him. This guy looks like Ronnie Lott on defense. He looks like Barry Sanders on offense. And, and you know, here, here we are. And we went to the, basically the best football school in the area. Uh, and, 
we just we were mesmerized by him. And eventually, at, later that year, we were at like some high school volleyball tournament, and Zach went up and introduced himself to Pat. And the irony is that like you know four years later, these dudes are playing together on the Arizona Cardinals and uh, rooming together. And uh, that's really kind of when I got to spend some time around them. And I could just say that. I, I don't know, like it's really tough for high school kids or really tough for even someone in my position um, to look at someone laterally as, as, as like an icon or a hero. And, you know, everyone thinks that Pat Tillman became a hero because he was killed in action. Like his peers looked at him as a hero, as an icon, as a, as a guy that, that I want to model my, my actions after. I want to live my life like when he was alive. He didn't have to die to become this just iconic, uh, I- iconic person. He was it when he when he lived, and I-, I think the biggest thing that I've learned from him, and you know, I, it's it's interesting because you know Pat actually did a half Ironman when he played in the NFL. Uh, it's just insane, man. And he's just one of those guys that he he, he lived his life. And, you know, the concept of, of living your dash, like, that's exactly it. It's not, you know, the, the, the numbers on either side of the, uh, of the dash. It's, it's what you're going to do with that little line in the middle. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it was obviously way too short because that, that dude could have, you know, just done so many other great things and, and, and positively influenced other people. Um, but I'd be lying if I say that, like, all this shit that I do in my life – I, I think I constantly think about what would Pat do, and that that really kind of led me into doing this this endurance thing, um, which again like kind of led to doing the Ironmans and the hundred mile races and even the triathlon across America. And so I kind I do this signature thing at every one of the big races is I'll cross with a number forty Pat Tillman Arizona Cardinal jersey. And so when I came in at the home stretch here and we had an NYPD escort. Uh, and I got to raise that number 40 above my head. There's, there's, there's nothing like it. And, and, you know, in some ways I, I like to think that maybe there's part of Pat's spirit that, you know, is, is right there in, in um, you know, getting to go through the, uh, the ups and downs in life and, and, and whatnot with me. Man, Eric, that is so good. That is so powerful. I, I could talk to you. You and I could talk about Pat Tillman for hours, but you nailed it. I mean, you're right. I mean, we don't look at people who are close to our age and kind of look up to them, so to speak, but he was so different. When you started that uh, that answer by saying he was different, I knew right away this guy was different. I mean, even as a young talk show host, when I first talked to him, I was kind of awed by him. He just had this it that I'd never seen before, this energy. Now, Eric, you mentioned high school football. Back to that for one second. You did go to St. Francis in Mountain View, and this was a power. You obviously played baseball, but you played football too you as many know or many may not know you went up against Tom Brady in high school what happened in that game and what do you remember about that day <laughs> well here's here's the thing so Tom my first like kind of memory of Tom in high school yeah is not on the football field sure it's on the it's on the baseball field and I don't think anybody realizes how good he was this guy hit a ball at St. Francis, and I'd say this is probably the most ironic thing that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he hits a ball at St. Francis across the street that landed on the Planned Parenthood building. So I always say that, like, I don't know what's more ironic, the fact that Tom Brady hit the furthest ball 
I'd ever seen hit in high school or that it landed on a planned parenthood <laughs> building across the street from my Catholic high school. Oh, dude, that's crazy. But, yeah, he, he was – look, he, he had an absolute hose. I mean, he was 17th round draft pick, I believe, by, by the Montreal Expos. But he was one of those dudes that, like, if he went to college and he went to a packed school or he ended up going down to an SEC school or something and played three years and, and developed and just kind of grew into his frame – he would have been a first-round draft pick. And, and for all I know, he would have you know, gone on to play 15, 20 years or still now be playing in the big leagues. But uh, the, the, the other thing about it, so we ended up playing. We beat him, dude, it was like 63-6. to six. But you have to understand, he went to the baseball school, whereas like, I went to the football school. So Sarah was known for, at the time, it was, it was Jim Fergosi, it was uh, Greg Jeffries, it was Barry Bonds. They had a ton of big leaguers that you know were coming out of there where St. Francis was like this football institution. But uh yeah, we ended up beating them up pretty good and I I said we ended up sacking them six times. Now Zach, I got him three, Zach got him the other three times. And I'll, I'll never for like literally him lying on the ground like Zach and I both and, and Zach again he became Tillman's best friend, but we're on the ground just being like, "Hey dude, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. You can't throw football from your back." Like just it's 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 it, it, it's your line's fault. You're all good. So, dude, was he was, uh, knowing, knowing this yeah, guy that, the way we was, know this that, guy? I was gonna say, Eric, that's, that? it, it, knowing knowing him the way we know him right now. Like, I mean, did he under, obviously he knew that? How was he dealing with that ass kicking? Because Pat said it best, and he said it on this show. Quote: It was a nice, swift ass kicking. That's what you laid on Brady. How was he dealing with it that day? I, he he dealt. It's amazing because like Tom. Tom's different, man. And it, it, it's, it's just like, obviously, I, I've, I've used this twice now, but, like, he has this will to, to be, and it's the same reason why, like, he's redefining stuff, right, you know, at, at, at this point. And he had, he had this will. He always had it, the will to be the best. And I can remember one night we were at the um, geez, Pacific Athletic Club, and we're all out there screwing around, playing pickup hoops, whatever, and we ended up running. It was like, I don't know, it was like an hour, at least an hour, a couple hours, it felt like. And even back then, I remember Tom was in these moon boots. Like, instead of, like, joining the pickup basketball game like everybody else, he's doing these squats uh, just, you know, along the line. Like, he's basically, like, doing these huge loop, loops around the gym uh, with these crazy moon boots on. And then you'll like this one. So, after probably, I think I'd just gotten drafted, so – maybe my third or fourth year at UCLA and Tom's second or third year at Michigan. And I saw him at this point, I think he'd take like two or three snaps and we were at the Brennan's. I ironically, um, Brent Brennan, who's now the head coach of San Jose state. Sure. Right. And then, uh, Brad Brennan ended up playing at the university of Arizona. So it's all kind of one big happy family, but we're at the Brennan's house and I'm talking to Tom and I'm like, dude, you gotta give up football, man. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> bro, great. Like, and it obviously had nothing to do with football. I'm like, I'm telling you, Tom, and I had just gone through playing through the Pac-12, and you know, I think I might even had a, a year of pro ball experience under my belt. I'm like, dude, you're better than all these guys. You're still like the like the best catching prospect that I've ever seen. Holy shit! I'm like, if you want to, you want to continue to take you know, three snaps a year at Michigan and, and maybe get lucky. And at the time, what he overcame with all the dudes that they were bringing in and then having to deal with the Drew Henson stuff. Yep. And, and, and he looks at me, dude, and he's like, nah, man, I'm good. 
That's good. Now, and that was it. And it was just like, and it was funny because I saw him a couple of years ago in Boston. And, and, and we, we reflected on that time, and I'm like, hey, bro, good thing you didn't listen to me, huh? Oh, dude, that's amazing. That is funny. Dude, your recall of this shit is absolutely incredible. But, Eric, to be fair, you know, you're talking about Pat Tillman. You're talking about Tom Brady. You're talking about these guys in this will, this will. I mean, obviously, you've got that same thing that those guys have. I've heard Barry Zito. And, again, I don't play favorites, but Barry Zito is always one of my favorites. And I know you played with him. Barry Zito said that even on those great teams that you played on in the early 2000s with the A's, you were the guy in that clubhouse that had the best work ethic of all. You were the guy who was hungriest of all. So I know you have that it. You also wrote a book. What's the book about, and what was it like to write that book? It's called The Effort List, yeah. So basically, um, when I got done playing and transitioned and doing the ultra-endurance sports stuff and and the broadcasting and whatnot, um, pretty soon after, right before I did my first Ironman, my, my father passed away. And it was just really a, just kind of a top and reflective um, time in my life. And I started thinking and just reflecting upon all the things and, you know, a lot of the life lessons and, and whatnot. And um, I just started writing, man. And, and writing was something that I, I always loved doing uh, in school. Even at UCLA, I was a history major. And I, I'd flunk every test, but if I had to write a paper, I'd be I'd, no problem. I, like, dude, ace it, whatever. I ended up writing my senior thesis uh, actually on Jackie Robinson and how him breaking um, the color barrier actually transcended, obviously, uh, transcended baseball and transcended sports um, and led to much better race relations down the line. So I just, I just started writing it, and, and I would pretty much, you know, before it was all said and done, I had this huge collection um, of, of stories and, and experiences. And I just sat on them for, for a few years. And then when I finished the Western States 100, which is the oldest, most iconic 100-mile uh, race in the country, uh, I went back and, and wrote about that experience. And I'm like, you know what, man? I'm like, I want to share these. And so I tried to figure out, like, the best way to put them together. So I put together these little micro chapters and you know with them it's like i don't want to write just to write like i want to give the reader something and basically you know my kind of my focus was just you know anyone going through some some tough times in life because everything that i got in my life if like you mentioned like it was i wasn't the most talented guy it, but i i would figure out a way to really cool to get through it through hard work um you know through that sort of grit and uh you know, I to share those experiences with people so you can learn, uh, so other people can learn as as they go through life. And, and again, a lot of the ups and downs. And um, it was it, it was a really really cool experience. Uh, and you know, most importantly, it's like to hear people's reaction uh, after they actually dive into it. Um, and it's it's been pretty cool. Listen, there is no better place to watch football than at Buffalo Wild Wings. So if you love football, yelling at TV screens with friends, and wearing clothing with somebody else's name on it, then there's a seat waiting for you at Buffalo Wild Wings. You won't miss a single game this season on the wall-to-wall TVs. Come in for the football food and football beverages on their new $5 game day menu. $5, 38-ounce pitchers of Bud Light. 
Coors Light or Miller Lite, $5 Craft and Importals, including Blue Moon Belgian White and Sam Adams Boston Lager, $5 Cheeseburger and Fries, $5 Broughton Fries, $5 Select Cocktails. And don't forget, their traditional and boneless wings with 21 signature sauces and seasonings. Escape to football and the new $5 game day menu at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, and football. When football is on, you have to be at Buffalo Wild Wings. Prices and participation may vary. Subject to restrictions. Limited time only. Not valid with any other offer. Drink responsibly. I know also that you read the great Stoics, and I know you feel very strongly about loving your fate. What does that mean to love your fate? No, that's a lot of what the book's about, too. So it's, uh, there's amor fati, which is love your fate. Um, and it pretty much just means love everything that happens to you. And it's so incredibly difficult in life, right? But think about, like, we can't control all these things that happen to us, yet the one thing we can't control, no matter what, is our reaction to it. And so long as you love whatever happens, um, you're, you're able to respond uh, appropriately. The other one, and I don't mean to get morbid here, but it's momentum mori. And momentum mori means we all will die. And, I, you know, the Stoics, you know, this is what's big with Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca. But they don't say this for you not to live your life. They basically say this so you will live your life. They don't say this for you to be scared of it. They say this because the reality is that we're all going to die. It's as simple as that. Now, the question then becomes... If you know you're going to die, how are you going to live? And it, I don't care if it's like little things like me kissing my kids when I wake up in the morning or, or before I go to bed at night. But it's, it's, not, it's not like, hey, go live your life like you're going like to die tomorrow. Go live your life like you may die tomorrow. And when you look at all that and you, and you, you go ahead and absorb all that, it's, um, it's pretty heavy, man. I mean... You know, I, I had my, my best friend was killed when I was 11. My first love was killed when I was 18. And when you, when you experience that, I think at a really young age, and then obviously later in life going through um, the boss, my father, obviously Pat was killed. It's just when you see this stuff, it, I, I just think it's like it just makes you want to live. And, and, and you, you, could, you could crawl in your little hole and you could be scared of life and you could be scared of everything. Or you could get your freaking ass out there and just live it. And, you know, now I'm kind of in an interesting position because, you know, here I am, the broadcaster and whatnot, and, you know, I'm 42 years old now. And, you know, even with my own friends, man, like, I look at them and I call them like 50-50s, right? You got half the guys that are continuing to charge and, and, you know, continuing to live their lives and continuing to do really cool things and experience cool shit. And then I got the other half that are, Oh, dude, the kids. Oh, we're bad. We're we're forty two now. This, whatever it is, let's just save it. Like I don't even want to hear it. Like that's you know. And then it, it comes to you know who do you want to spend your time with? And you know the last people I want to spend my time with are people that are gonna complain about life and complain about getting older and and whatnot, man. I mean, it's just you got to live it, and and you you never know when it's gonna be taken from you. Fuck yes, preach. 100%. 100%, dude. Absolutely. All right, then. Before you go, the A's, your A's are an amazing story. They clinched a postseason berth 
And, you know, you've made the point, Eric, they're built to win one game. If they've got a matchup with, say, the Yankees and they're in that wild card spot, how do you like their chances? And should they bullpen that wild card game? Yeah, of course. If you're not bullpenning these days, like, what are you doing, right? Unless you're running out a horse, and I'm talking a horse, like a one-two guy. I'm, I'm having – I'll have a quick trigger on any guy that's not a one, actually, once I get into the postseason. And during, during the season, if I, were, if I were to run a team, I don't even think a fourth or fifth starter would exist. It's just it, – the, the way the game is, is changing um, – I think it's cool. And, and, you know, people are going to argue, hey, it's not good for baseball. We need starters. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have your starters. You're going to have your superstars. You know, after that, like, who, whoever bought a ticket to go see a four or five. So, look, the NBA's, it, their bullpen's been lights out the entire season. I walked in and watched his team uh, in spring training. And it was weird because they had three consecutive last place, place finishes. I watched his team and I talked to Matt Chapman, did a little demo, you know, segment with him. Matt Olson, the same thing. Talked to Chris Davis off camera, who was fantastic. And he's not necessarily known for his interviews or anything else, but that is a, uh, that's an intriguing dude. Um, and same thing with Sean Manaya. And I just, I walked out of Bob Melvin, I played for him. And I walked out of there and I looked at Greg Amsinger and I'm like, dude, this team's going to make the postseason, aren't they? And he's like, damn. I was going to say the same thing. Wow. Well, we have no reason to say it, and, and sometimes you can get caught up in all the BS of, of getting in there and, and getting into the camp and buying into the bullshit. Like this was different, and so when we walked out of there, and I'm not trying to you know claim that oh I called or anything else, it was easy to call because because of dudes like Chapman, because of dudes like Wilson, because of Manaya. Now I didn't think it was going to play out that they were going to have the best bullpen in the league, but that's how it played out. And then David Forrest and Billy Bean went out and. And, and made the right additions when they needed to and added a ton of payroll. And this is a team that, not, look, Romy, they, they could make a run in the postseason. Now it's going to be tough to get by the Yankees, especially if they have to go to New York. If they get by the Yankees and they keep bullpenning this thing up, look out. Dude, they're not afraid either. They're not afraid either. So, Eric, one wow. last thought. You, I could argue that in the American League, maybe you've got the four or five, maybe four or five best teams in baseball, maybe in the American League. Can you argue legitimately for anybody in the National League winning it all this year? Dodgers. Yep. I, 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 I could see the Dodgers doing it. Man, they're deep. They are, they are incredibly deep. So, you look at their – see, their starting rotation – whether you you know you have obviously Kershaw at the top, but then after that, you could bullpen all those guys, right? You 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 don't you don't have to rely in their lineup. What they're what they're featuring against the lefty, what they're featuring against the righty. I was looking at the other day; they have like two everyday position players. I, I mean, I mean, other than that, it's it's everything mixed and match. And then what you see late in the year, don't let this get lost upon anybody. I think this is why the Dodgers are playing better. It's everyone checks their egos at the door. No one gives a shit about their individual statistics because they are what they are. So now all of a sudden it comes about the team. And if you want to even make a monetary argument, like these guys advancing in the postseason, that's, you, you actually get paid on that. So I just think you see right now a bunch of guys buying into their roles, uh, things clicking at the right time. Uh, you know, Dave Roberts is the perfect guy to manage that team. You have Bob Guerin who – yeah, it, it, still to this day, I'd probably tell you is, is, is the best manager I ever played for when it comes to putting his players in a position to su- succeed with matchups and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I would not be shocked at all to see 
the Dodgers not only get to the World Series, but I, I won't be surprised if they took down one of these American League powerhouses because uh, the other thing, remember this, I, I think in the American League, it's such a, it's like whoever comes out of the American League is going to have to grind for it. So how, how taxing will that be on the bullpens? How taxing that will that be on the players um, during that stretch just trying to get out of the AL? Big shout out to my pals. The building professionals, listen up. If you're a contractor, a builder, or a remodeler, Lumber Liquidators Pro Plus is the only partner you are ever going to need for all your flooring needs. With special pro-only pricing and dedicated support, LL Pro Plus will help you get your flooring jobs done quickly and profitably. Now, are you worried about selection and availability? Don't be, ever, because Lumber Liquidators has over 150 million square feet of flooring available with over 100,000 square feet in stock in most stores. And they stock professional grade adhesives, underlayment, molding, tools, fasteners, and grout so you can get exactly what you need when you have to have it. Are you too busy to pick up your flooring? Also not a problem because the LL Pro Plus team will deliver it right to your job. And with LL Pro Plus, you can even get a business line of credit. So put the LL Pro Plus flooring experts on your team today. Visit your local Lumber Liquidators store or go online at LumberLiquidators.com slash ProSales. LumberLiquidators.com slash ProSales. Do it today. Eric, one last thought, and I want to remind everybody that the MLB postseason begins October 2nd, and MLB Network will exclusively produce two NL Division Series games in October. And, of course, you'll be on the MLB Network's MLB Tonight throughout the postseason. And I mentioned that, and I just want to ask you one last thing in terms of process. Eric, it's you, you, from me to you, and it's been a long time since you and I spoke, you should be so proud not only of what you've done with your career, but literally with your life, my man, because you're getting everything you possibly can. I often think about guys who come on the show, and I've done this so long, and I've always had this profound appreciation for people that are in the process, who know where they are, who know what they're doing, and are totally locked in. I mean, what you just did for a podcast, and as focused as you were, I mean, literally, you gave me and us everything, but I know this is not out of the ordinary for you. I'm curious about your media work. I mean, is this just something? Is it just part of the process? Is it very natural? Is it more challenging than you thought it would be when you got to the other side? What's it like for you to be in the media? It's something I always loved, man. I, dude, I, I, I've told you this before. I'm not sure you remember, but like, I literally, I grew up listening to you. And that was all through the junior high and high school and I, I sort of developed this passion for sports talk radio was the original thing. And I, you know, right after I got done playing, I actually took a job with KMBR and got into it and, 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 and loved every minute of it. Um, I think that kind of morphed into uh, MLB network stuff and eventually the radio thing uh, fizzled out. But like most players, I guess, you know, their, their sole thing is growing up, they're like, hey, like, I just want to play, right? And that's, I want to be a baseball player. Like, for me, it wasn't, it was never I want to be a baseball player. It was always like, I want to play professional sports, and I want to talk about professional sports. And so, you know, I'll go back to even my earlier years where I'm listening to Pete Franklin and Ralph Barbieri, uh, just all some of the KNBR legends. Sure. Um, and so I wanted, like, I wanted to, I just I enjoy passionately debating stuff, obviously, um, and so that was that was one of the things that when I walked away from baseball, I knew I wanted to do that. There was there was no doubt in my mind that 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 I was going to do that. 
Um, I didn't necessarily know that it was going to play out that the way the way it's played out. Uh, but look, I, I wouldn't do this unless I had this passion for it. And I, as far as MLB Network is concerned, to be able to talk about a sport that obviously I have a lot of knowledge in, and it, what, what's so great though, and I think this is probably you know one of the things that may keep you going is that everything's always changing, yep. and, and that's a beautiful thing. And it's like the way baseball is analyzed now is totally different than it was even, you know, five, six, seven years ago when I first started doing this to have the numbers and the saber metrics and everything. And then to try to morph it together and think, okay, you know, what sort of role is, is, is chemistry and culture still playing? I mean, this is kind of the big discussion with the A's right now, because I think a lot of it in, in a lot of their success, has to do more with the culture, believe it or not, uh, than, than the actual numbers of, of, of everything going on. And it's a culture that's been created. And so I, I just, again, like, I, I really enjoy it. And, you know, I don't want to get corny or, you know, act stupid here, but just say that, like, you know, you should – I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there that you inspired along the way, but definitely, um, you know, I always enjoyed listening to you and – and the one thing um, that always came across in, in the one thing that I think, you know, you still continue to bring to the table is, is authenticity. And that's, that was the game changer, right? Because we used to always, you know, the, if you go back you know, 20, 30 years, it wasn't, it wasn't always like that. It was just people speaking BS to speak BS. Like it's, it was a bunch of shit and, and, and people giving you the status quo answers and everything else. And, you know, the one thing that I always appreciated, it's always felt like I was getting uh, your, your honest take on things. And uh, so I've always tried to kind of just model my career out of not, not to, Don, I'm not going to say something, to say something, I'm going to say it. It's going to be something I believe, not only I believe, but I, I passionately uh, believe in it. Eric, listen, I appreciate you saying that so much. I mean, more than you'll ever know, and you're returning the favor right now. I'm getting that same energy coming back to you right now as I keep grinding through this thing, and you try to reinvent, and you want to stay relevant, you want to stay competitive, you want to stay authentic, you don't want to say a bunch of shit just to say a bunch of shit to get people to look at you, and I'm feeling that energy coming back. Listen, like you said, 50-50. You want to be on the right side of the 50. You don't want to be the 50 that are just going through the drudgery of life who are dying a slow death, man. You got to live. You got to love your fate. I mean, there's so many great messages in that. Eric, you and I have had so many amazing conversations over the years, but I'm going to say from me to you, none better than today. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you and how much I appreciate that. That I've been doing this thing now. We've done 52 of these things, Eric. That That's right up there with the best of the best. That was an amazing, amazing conversation. Thanks, bro. It's, the, what's cool about the podcast forum is that you, you, get, you get more real talk, right? You don't have someone in your ears saying, hey, we got to wrap this or whatever, so... No, I, I, I look forward to this conversation. I'm stoked we got to catch up, and, yeah, let's not make it another uh, four or five years or however long it's been, man. No, nah, dude, not at all. And I, I really appreciate you, and I appreciate your time. That was not a small ask on my part. Dude, you are the absolute best. Have a great postseason, and from me to you, it's not going to be another four or five years. Really appreciate it, Eric. Thank you, bud. Keep charging, dude. Keep charging. And that's a wrap on episode 52. Thank you very much to the always entertaining, always insightful Eric Burns. Honestly, there is nothing like this guy. Now remember, I've got content for days all over the place right now. The Daily Show is airing from noon to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM 206, and streaming live for free on the Radio.com app and JimRome.com. 
I also have a brand new side hustle with two-time Super Bowl champ Trevor Price. It's called RPO, which you can find in the exact same spot that you found this podcast. It's an all-NFL fast-paced podcast with takes for days and some gambling picks even some fantasy football advice make sure you check that out we're three episodes in i could not be more hyped with how that's shaping up thank you once again for all your support i leave you now with a batch of your voicemails but before i do if you want to be a part of this make sure you hit me up on my cell phone here's your number 949-385-0447 949-385-0447 you can call me anytime about anything you want and you might hear it back at the end of the next episode speaking of which i will see you right back here next week for f53 until then i'm out first new message jim i think it's the end of the world the browns have won now tiger wins what the hell's up next man come on love the show buddy talk to you later Message saved. Next message. What's up, Romans, Dr. Dave? Message deleted. Next message. This is Ken in Milwaukee. Jim, I loved your show on CBS Sports Football yesterday. Great take on Clay Matthews' hit. The only problem is you got to do it again next week because there was the same issues going on in yesterday's football game. Love the show. Just want to give a quick shout-out to Baker Mayfield for giving a, a, a nice Yahoo for uh, Christian Yelich MVP. Thank you very much, Jim. Bye. Message saved. Next message. Snagger, what's up? This is David in Buffalo coming in to talk about the Bills. Great win today in Minnesota. Josh Allen looked like the real deal out there. That was incredible how the defense played. And I'll tell you one thing, man, they were smoking suckers. They were lighting up chumps, and they were knocking out that fool known as Kirk Cousins. Sean McDermott rallied these guys, and hey, Vontae Davis, tell me how the Bills first taste. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim. This is Taylor from Rockland. Uh, just a little background on myself. My dad goes by PC Brent, and I know Andy. I lived with Andy for many years. I just want to clear something up about the basil. They let it die, okay? They left it in the sun, and they didn't get enough. They didn't give it enough water, and it died. And that's all I wanted to let you know. All right. Have a good one. Message saved. Next message. Hi, man, Romo. What's up? It's your boy, Matt in LA. Hey, I circled back, man. I was kind of weak, a couple of weeks late. The Penguin, freaking awesome to hit the 5-0 with that. So much good stuff with that. The Sutton stuff, the Garvey stuff, etc. Also, though, big props. Thank you for the D'Angelo Hall reset. I always wondered why it didn't work out for him in Oakland. Dude was a stud, man. That was one of those missed opportunities. And he got jobbed by Al Davis, as usual. Now we find out. Anyhow, keep up the good work, Romy, man. You know I'm a big fan. Love the show. Outro. Message saved. You have no more messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 